Hey, before we get started, I just want to tell you what this episode's all about. We talk about some big L's, losses, but also some victory laps. And people are saying that it's too early. It's only been three weeks. Well, now it's four. Uh, we had these prepared a little bit earlier. Um, and it's just too early. But you know what? It's not. It's things change. Um, the landscape changes. So we're going to talk about, I have about 10 or so items that I think, um, items or players that I think have changed. And, and you really have to change your, your thinking about these players or concepts um, already. Um, Graham also gets into some, some specific pitchers that he wants to talk about, um, some interesting ones. Um, and and uh, we, talk, we talk about those uh, guys. Um, and then we also get into some Dynasty 2-for-1 trades, a uh, little segment that we talked about. And most importantly, uh, we start off the episode talking about Fab. How did Fab go on May 2nd? So we're going to play the episode, but first, I'm stoked to be collaborating with Rotoballer for the 2021 season. My Draft Champions podcast will be joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball fanatics their fix for in-depth MLB analysis, tools, and player news. The site and the team is bigger and better than ever with articles, tools, and podcasts for everyone, including contributions from myself. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2021 MLB Draft Kit is live, and all Draft Champions listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's Draft Kit by using the discount code CHAMPIONS. Rotoballer is home to the number one Fantasy Pros Accuracy Rankers, Nick Mariano and Ariel Cohen. Both Nick and Ariel's 2021 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer Premium Draft Kit, along with printable draft sheets our top draft sleepers, more than 300 player outlooks, and tons of great draft tools and in-season tools. All of this premium fantasy baseball goodness from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with the discount code CHAMPIONS. Just go to rotoballer.com backslash radio, get your premium press, premium pass today, and win big in 2021. Welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. I'm here with Graham. We've been... Uh... We've been uh, taking a hiatus for a while, but we're back. Um, it's just been so busy with um, life and shit and, and um, fabbing. I just spent the last, I think, five hours of uh, Sunday afternoon slash evening fabbing. What's up, buddy? Man, five hours to do fab, hey? It is. It's tough. It's a grind. I, mean, I got like nine fab leagues, and I haven't even looked at how I've done yet. It's 10.15. I was having a conversation with uh, some guys on Twitter, my buddy Kev, the roto surgeon and a bunch of other guys just uh, talking about um, how Kyle Kyle, Kyle is KH um, is um, like, I just, I, I forget where I heard it. Just like, I heard rumblings that he was going to go for triple digits. And I'm like, that's insane. Like he's, he's, a, he's like, an, I don't know. What, what is he? Like, yeah, he, he has like, he, he's a, he had a mini hot streak, but he's still a catcher. I don't think he's anything that special. Gary Sanchez didn't fall off, um, fall off the CN tower. Canadian Canadian joke there. No, he fell off the Space Needle. Oh yeah. Where's that? that? Isn't that in Seattle? Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, but how how is Seattle relevant? I don't get it. Fine, he fell off the American equivalent. <laughs> is the Seattle Space Needle the equivalent of the CN Tower? What I always, what, what I about always the, what thought about, it was. Nah, what about Empire State Building? Yeah, that, that's that's more that's more New York appropriate. But like the the Space Needle, like kind of looks like the CN Tower. I guess, I guess. So, <laughs> do you want to talk about Fab? Let's talk. Yeah, about let's fab. let's look at your Fab results in real life, and you can get real mad. Yeah, this is what the people want. Well, you know what? I I had to I had to tone down my bids because I I did um I did um 
get aggressive early on. And um, I probably overspent a little bit earlier, earlier on more than I wanted to on just players that got like spent big on obviously Merriweather and, and Weathers, anyone with a weather in the name. Uh, I spent a little bit too much on, I think, um, in hindsight. Um, but I'm looking at Kyle Higoshi, Kyle H and KH. And uh, he went for as high as uh, $222 in an OC um, oh, yeah. with, with runner up 74. And then there's a TGFBI, yeah, whatever. Uh, then there was um, a main event bid of 101 with a 77 backup. So, but then there, there were some guys, um, there were some teams that bought him for fairly cheap. Like uh, there's a couple bit, there's a couple of winning, there's a, a bunch of $1 winning bids in Rotowire Online's. Um, but enough about him. I, I didn't win him in any league. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't think I bid on him in every one of my leagues. I think I bid on him when I needed to catch her. I needed to catch her or could afford to cut bait on like a Tyler Stevenson or something like that. Um, Kyle Higashioka. I excellent. just looked up the pronunciation. Okay. Let's go to fab results here. Okay. The first thing that popped up is the tag team. Oh boy. Let's see what happened here. So we dropped Luis Garcia and uh, we picked up Ahmad Rosario. What do you think about that? Luis Garcia, the pitcher. That's not bad. Garcia is probably, does he have a start this week? Um, he, I think he does have a start this week, but. Um, See, that's what, I, like, you don't know when or where you're getting starts from him. He could he, very easily be the long man. He's short-lived for that rotation with Odorizzi supposed to come back soon. Um, his, I, he got he got no structural damage, but like he's probably not going to be back this week. I think Luis Garcia gets a start this week, but then you got Framber Valdez and Odorizzi coming back. So um, long term, if everyone's healthy and gets healthy, he's I don't think long for that rotation. And then we've got Eric Lauer for two bucks. Um, nice in this league that I've got a bad feeling about because he could be another um, he could be he could be another Gomber. Now, two starter this week. He he's lined up for two starts, but anything could happen again. Uh, Corbin Burns should come back, or um, or Brett Anderson, or they could decide on something else. But eh, it's a pretty it's a pretty iffy one there. So we we only won two. We got outbid on a lot of um, McClanahan went for one forty three here. Daniel Lynch went for one nineteen. This was the only league that Daniel Lynch was available in because he had to have been drafted um, to be available, right? Right. So he, somebody did draft him in this tag team event, but he went for 160. Both those guys went for over a hundred bucks, which uh, we didn't have close to that amount on them. Um, looks like uh, Rob DiPietro outbid us and Mike Talkman. He bid 32. I don't think our bid was quite that high, but um, I'm pretty happy. We went Amon Rosario seven to six. So we won't spend too much more time on that league. Ahmed um, Rosario is heat, heating up too. I wonder if he'll get some more playing time. Last three games, man, he's been he's been better than Jimenez. Jimenez is a pile of poo right now. He's batting one ninety something with um, just um, a sprinkle of uh, counting stats. Anything else to note here? Um, the Gonsolin got picked back up, which is which is a nice move um, by um, Modica, Modica's team. Um, he, he dropped Greg Holland for him, forty one bucks for Gonsolin. We had a bid in, but not that high. Cole Irvin, ooh, we went for sixty one dollars there. So I'm trying not to spend too much time. Maybe we'll just go through some of the main leagues. My main event. um, Ooh, did not get anyone here. Um, Except um, I just, uh, I didn't need anyone um, specifically here, but um, I picked up Justin Lawrence on the, on the Rockies. 
and then Garrett Whitlock on the Red Sox. And I, I have a claim in for Justin Lawrence, like a big one, like 10%, I think. Of this, is, this is my league with um, Toby. And Toby mm. spent up big in this league um, for Michael Givens, $78 with a backup bid of 11. So I actually had Givens on my radar and then I took him off for Lawrence. Um, shout out to um, Greg Jewett. He talked him up in his latest um, email that he sent out personally to me. I'm, assume, I'm assuming no one else gets them. I think he just sends me an email every day. <laughs> um, and um, he was telling me, Zach, um, pick up, uh, you might want to look into this Justin Lawrence kid. So I took a shot at him for three bucks and I got him. So uh, here we go. Um, McClanahan went for 197 here. 179, sorry, 179. And um, Jorge Polanco went for $128. Who the fuck is doing that? Anyways, um, let's move on to the other main event, which I needed players much more. Oh my Lord. I'm, I gotta I, I gotta post this. Just, uh, just this, is, this is Twitter worthy. This is this is show off. I'm a Rosario. One for $12, back up at $12. So wait, you got him on waiver priority. Yep. So I did again miss out on Shane McClanahan. He's going for we went for huge dollars. People are gonna people are gonna spill their loads over this, uh, complaining about how how much people spent on him. But he, he went for 177. Backup bid was 143. Um, so I dropped Amir Garrett. What do you think about that? I don't really like. Yeah, he's dust at this point. I don't see much. Like he, you're gonna have to wait for him to show something before he gets back in the chair. Yep. I think Sims, Sims and Anton are like firmly ahead of him. And at this point, maybe even do little. What about, what about Ryan Hendricks? Because In Cincinnati? Yeah. I don't think he's like, I don't think he's sniffing closing opportunities right now. He got two wins this week, but by, but obviously those were flukes. Um, right. They weren't, um, it wasn't premeditated. I'll tell you that. He, but uh, but he, I picked, I actually picked him up in this league, in this main event, my second main he, event. I dropped Scott Barlow for him. Which may or may not, may not be a bad move, but that Seattle, uh, sorry, Cincinnati bullpen shit with me owning Anton uh, and Sims being unavailable. I think Ryan Hendricks is their third best man in that rotation. Hmm. And then I took yeah. a, I took a shot on David Bednar for a dollar. Um, I dropped um, um, Austin Gomber, Goms over Bad Baghdad. Dropped him. Dropped that motherfucker. Um, and then I picked up Justin Lawrence again in this league. I actually, there was actually a backup in. I won him three to two. And then um, I also picked up Sam Hentages, who's going to have two starts this week. And then uh, I got Brendan Rogers for four bucks. And I actually dropped Alvarado. Oof, I don't know about that, but. Alvarado looked like amped up today. today? Well, he's going to be yeah. sitting for a couple of days, but. He no. had no idea where his shit was going again. He was like, I think trying to like, I don't know, just throw missiles and he, he just looked like he was ready to fight. Right on, and right on. Yeah. He walked, I, I, lo- he, I love I love our Alvarado. He walked the yard and then uh, they pulled him and I think Dom Smith hit a double. Higashioka went for 43 bucks in this league. Back up. Givens went for 48. So people are on to, people are on to Givens. I, I don't know. I think I'd rather take the cheaper, I'd rather take the cheaper approach and get um, Lawrence. They're both um, could be a whatever situation. Let's go to my. Um, let's go to the. Uh, do you care about this great fantasy baseball invitational? No, who cares? Um, we'll look at the um, hundred fifty dollar online auction. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! Josh Rojas went for one hundred seventy three dollars. Holy smokes! 
McClanahan went for 81 in this league. Um, and I got nothing. I got shut out in this league. Um, yeah. McClanahan. That's disappointing. Yeah, I got nothing. Well, Talkman, I, I must not have gone. I must not have um, um, been bidding anything because Talkman went for 71. And um, there's no backup bid. So I must not have needed anything in this league. Online auctions, 12 teamers. I won Josh Rojas for 12 bucks. Nice. McClain hand went for 133. No backup bid on Josh Rojas. Uh, another league, another one of these leagues, I got McClanahan. I won McClanahan here. $45. So I got a, I got a cheap McClanahan and I, and I won a Dalton bar show seven to six. Ooh. I'm not, these are some tasty bids I got this week. And then I got Josh Rojas in the other online online. This is the one with, um, with um, Vlad Settler in it. I got Rojas for 17 backup bid of 13 and I got a Varsho for eight backup bid of four. Uh, other 350 OC Josh Rojas, $19. Back up bid one dollars. Um, Varsho thirteen. Back up bid of one. So I got a little, I got I got my OCs. I got Var, Rojas and Varsho. Let's let's go into some news and notes. You had some news and notes um, that you wanted to uh, that you wanted to uh, talk about. Yeah, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on some things. Um, Louis Robert or Lou Bob? Yeah, he's so affectionately referred to him as collapsed mm-hmm. in a heap running down the first baseline. Yeah, uh, so I saw out, the video. Turns out it's a hip hip flexor strain um he's day-to-day who do you think is going to get the playing time there adam angles coming back billy hamilton Ooh, um i don't know it's not too fantasy relevant unless you're like in a really deep league right like is there someone in the minors like is don't they have like um a guy named um what's it what's they have a prospect it's like a center fielder basabi Wasabi. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the wasabi, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I call him Wasabi. Louis nice. Louis Louis Wasabi. Um he um I don't know, could that be something? Probably not. Probably not. But he, even if even if he gets the call, it's not like Tony is gonna play him. No. Like to, it's gonna, like I was just saying, like, do you, do you think this now at least gives Andrew Vaughn full time playing time? Oh, that, that was the other note I had there. Like, yeah, I think by, like, he'll get at least a week, another week probably. Yeah, at least. Why? Who else, what, before all these other crappy players return from injury? Basically, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny, when you were talking about that center field prospect, the only name that was coming into my head was Scott Pesednik. But he's, <laughs> he's obviously retired at this point. Yeah, he's uh, definitely retired. Yeah. But yeah, so so that was of note. Um, I think everybody's seen the Dustin May thing. My heart breaks for that guy. That sucks. What happened? Was, was there any definitive um, um, prognosis on that? Uh, I read this morning that he experienced shooting pain, and that he was going for more testing. That's never good. It didn't. Yeah, that doesn't look good for him. Um, it sound, yeah, like watching the video and then hearing that, I think his arm exploded on him. <laughs> like just, it was like um, it was like um, a diet Pepsi and Mentos. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like I, I don't know which ligament or muscle or what, like, but just the the way he reacted, right? It, it's kind of, I mean, Thomas Hatch had that thing in the preseason 
where he like yelped like a wounded puppy when he threw, but he's still trying to come back. Didn't so maybe that. it's not that bad. Um, but yeah, I, I was curious, like, who do you think is going to fill? Cause like price is out for a while. Gonsolin's out for like three weeks. Yeah. I was just trying to figure that out myself. Um, I don't know who is it like you say Useda was the guy that filled in I guess as a, as a spot starter. Oh, it could be your boy, Jimmy 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 Nelson. Jimmy Jimmy, I was I was leading. I was Actually, leading. I just I just that just dawned on me now. You think it's fire up your Jimmy's? It could be, it could be what your Jimmy's week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Every everybody on Twitter is obviously going nuts for Josiah Gray and like. Oh right. Okay. That would be that would be pretty fun and cool, but I just for me and my it could be Jimmy. Pre, my preseason nonsense. I think I think Jimmy Nelson's gonna get a chance. So let's see here. They line up. Okay, what they got us they got a couple off days next week. So they got okay. So what's gonna happen is Kershaw's going Monday, Bauer's going Tuesday. Bueller likely goes Wednesday. Then they have an off day Thursday. Friday, they likely throw out Arias. I yeah, think I think sense. he's I think he's lined up to go there. I'm pretty sure. I know he's not actually. Um it, that would be that would be um May's spot in the rotation on Friday. Now they could push Arias there. Um this is what they could do. I'm giving you a scenario. Um, because he'd be on regular rest because they have an off day Thursday. Then they go Kershaw, and they go Bauer on on Saturday, Sunday. Um, then they have another off day, and then they can throw Bueller again on on five days rest because of this other off day, um, which would be fine for him. And then they can throw Arias, which would give him again regular rest. And then they have another off day, and they go Kershaw, Bauer. So they really don't need a fifth starter until like after mid May. Hangs shame and dis hang that hangs my head in disappointment for Jimmy Nelson. Well, but yeah. they, you know what they they I think they have no, I think they have no qualms um, optimizing or um, I, I, like or just giving Bauer the the ball on uh, four days on four it's, days as much as they can. It's Kurt, kind of his dream, right? Yeah, it's what he wants. Well, not not even on not even four days, not even like on a four man rotation. Four days rest is the five five man rotation normal rest as much as possible, um, ignoring the off days. I think they do. I think they are cognizant of Kershaw and Arias and Bueller to a degree, just to save them for the long season. And that's something that uh, Dave Roberts had said at the beginning of the year. But um, so, if you have to manage the three of them, you might want to stick. You want to, might want to stick your Jimmy in the middle there. Get your Jimmy in the middle. Get your Jimmy in there. I don't Get know. Your, I don't know. I hope so. But it'd be fun. It'd be a, it'd be a fun storyline. It'd be fun to see what he's got. It'd be fun to see Josiah Gray as well. Um, even though I have no shares of Josiah Gray, um, but yeah, be interesting to see see how that shakes out. It's going to be come to um, it's going to come down to the Dodgers um, decision. You are a notorious prospect late drafter in um, DCs. Yeah. Or at least you were. I don't know if you were the year, like this year as much. To, to probably more so than I should be, yeah. How much Daniel Lynch do you have? Um, Not a ton. I do. Let, let's check. And on a scale of 1 to 10, 
How excited are you for his Cleveland start tomorrow? Pretty excited. Um, I only have six shares of him. And that's out of like, what, 30 leagues, 50 leagues? 50 leagues. They are mostly draft champions type. They're all draft and hold leagues, obviously. So I got six shares of him, and I got some other shares of him, and I think in some fan tracks leagues as well. But Yeah, I've got two shares of him in my fan tracks draft and holds. So. Pretty excited to see what he can, what he can do. But like you know what, you see you see guys like that. I I, I learned to temper my expectations with pitching prospects. I wasn't going to spend a hundred dollars on Daniel Lynch uh, because you've seen like you can count way more examples of it going poorly than you can of it going um, well. And Guys like me and guys like anyone in these high stakes leagues, I don't think they have, they, I don't think they're as in tune with these prospects as, as, as like your prospect um, experts. And even these experts are constantly wrong about these prospects. Like look at Spencer Howard, Casey Mize, even Scooball, nothing, not like not worth a hundred dollars in fab, sorry. Um, Gore, Pearson, like who has worked out? Like Sixto Sanchez did last year, not this year. So Ian Anderson was a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think of who are the good ones. Ian Anderson, Tristan McKenzie briefly last year. Um, McClanahan might be. McClanahan might be. We don't know. He yeah, looks, don't he, know. He looks like, he, like he looks like he is, and he's getting purchased like he is. Um, but I don't know. Lynch, like, I got six shares of him in DCs late. Like, see what happens. But um, I think, like, obviously, like, the skills are, are incredible. Like, he's a left-handed pitcher that throws – fucking bullet so that's always good um but we'll see how they we'll see how they manage him and we'll see how he does but um it's very much a very much a risk right now in, in these uh, redraft um high stakes leagues so he lines up to get cleveland and chicago this week cleveland's always a good matchup would you start him or would you start nick pavetta on a two-starter against detroit and baltimore i'd go pavetta unfortunately <laughs> what would you do i was trying to, well i have to make this decision that's why i was asking that um, has been I've good been, and he's got better matchups and he's i've been humming and hawing it yeah here's a good thing well here here's the bad news you might want to sit lynch and it might and it's not that much fun and that's because you don't know how long he's going to go in these outings you don't know he has worse he has he has the worst matchups and um you just don't, and you just have no track record. And Pavetta has been good lately. The good news is that you have, you own Lynch the whole year. So you can start him next week if he really knocks it out of the park. Yeah. That's some sensible advice. Most likely. Yeah. Did you, I, don't know. I, 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 you know what, personally, I'd want to start him and I'd be very tempted to, but um, from uh, taking myself in a, uh, uh, taking myself out of the person that owns him and, and giving some unbiased advice, I'd probably lean towards Pavetta, but that could go terribly wrong as we've seen these two start weeks go. Yeah. I had listened to the uh, Rotowire two start pitcher with Todd Zola and uh, Clay Link the other day. Yeah. And Todd was like, Nick Pavetta is this week's Austin Gomber because of all the walks. And yeah. Been, he, he could be. <laughs> I've been bugging out about it ever since. Do you know who, do you know who could be the, this, this week's Nick Pavetta is uh, Austin Gomber. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Eric, La- Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer. Eric, Eric Lauer. Lawler, Lauer, Lauer. Yeah. We're, we're not great at pronunciation. More news. Omar Narvaez is hurt. Did you cut him? I did cut him, I believe. 
Um, let's see. I think I think I cut him. I, he must he must be cut. Jacob Nottingham hit two home runs today, I believe. Is that of interest? Do we not, care? Not really. Not yet. Yeah, I don't care. And on a side note, I do want to see who who picked. I like to look at who picked up these players in in, in these high stakes leagues. High stakes leagues. Lauer was picked up in twenty eight leagues. Hmm. I want to see who picked him up. Oof. I want to see who's with me on this. Michael Govier. Ooh, that's not a good sign. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out shout out to michael govier i'm just joking. i'm totally joking i'm totally joking because mike's a buddy of mine i could say that um ferrari who um is apparently a good player um he picked him up too um but the most anyone bid on him was 36 dollars. toby toby was on lauer like back in february when you could get him for like oh, a 45th round pick Rob Rob Silver bought him for four dollars. That's oh, that's also not a good sign. Um, I'm just joking again. Um, but what was I going to say? I hope we don't have a Lauer outage. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so go on, go on, go on with your news and notes. Last news and notes that that I thought. Well, there's two. Uh, the first one was we actually had a trade, and Mike Talkman went to San Francisco. Right on. Um, you actually put a claim in for him. I like, I've always loved, like thought that he could do things. Cause whenever he plays, he actually either steals bases or hits home runs. Do you think he actually gets some run in San Francisco? Yeah, I think he does at least in the short term. Um, like it looks like, um, he's really, um, taken Slater out of the equation and he's put Slater in a, in a strict platoon in a, over, over the last four days, Slater has been in a strict lefty ready platoon with Dickerson and he's played only one game. So Slater's value has really evaporated right now. And then once they have, um, What's his face? Yazback, which is, I heard could be as early as Friday. I saw a note today. Um, then you could, I don't know what's going to happen out there. So I think Talkman's good. He's got a good speed power combination. If you look at the extrapolated stats of, over the last couple of years, um, he's bordering on like an upside of 2020. So he could be, he could be really good for you. Um, or he could just slide back into that platoon role. But I also heard that um, Lestella is injured today too. Yeah, the Stella left the game. Yeah, I didn't so, check. I didn't check severity or anything like that. So I don't know where was he playing? Second base. Yeah, or first. Yeah, second base, I think. So that that give yeah. So that's like um, um what's his name? Get gives Lingoria um, pretty much all of third base, and then why do I want to say Soler Solano? Second base. I don't know if that opens up first base at all um, for Slater, but like belts been playing like every day. So I think Talkman is a, is a nice pickup. If you can get him cheap enough, I wouldn't want to break the bank for him. Like I think I put in some 10, $20 bids on him. Um, that wasn't enough, but uh, I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, I grabbed him in a couple of places for super cheap, but yeah, I, I think he's more of a, like a stream and dump. Yeah. And last one is uh, Jesus Lazardo broke his finger playing in vids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They said, um, I saw something on Twitter that said that a reporter said that he accidentally bumped his pinky playing video, <laughs> playing video games. Yeah. Right. So he, he was poning noobs and fucked up or something. And yeah, I don't know what he was doing, but yeah, he, he actually broke it before his start. Right. Yeah, so so that shit start that he had the other day, he was out there with a broken pinky. 
Yeah. I wonder if that broken pinky had any impact on his defense behind him. Because that, it, that was also shit. I wonder if everyone broke their fingers. They were all playing video games. Jesus. Jesus? Yeah, I, didn't see, I, I didn't see it. Oh, yeah, Jesus. No, yeah, no. The, I was watching a bit of that game. They were just throwing the ball everywhere. It was bad. Mm-hmm. So some of those were unearned runs. But, yeah, he, well, Zardo's been basically a bust so far this year. Yeah, for where he was getting taken, he has not been good. No. Um, zero, zero shares of Lozardo for me. So let him take his time, get healthy. Health is the most important thing for you, young man. Um, what else? What else we got going on? Uh, Paven Smith is hitting leadoff and he hit a bomb today. Are you at all interested? I put a claim or two in on him, um, but he, he feels like an empty batting average and a guy that could lose playing time down the line. Um, He's a guy, he's just a guy. He's 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 like a I don't know. Is he like a poor man's Christian Walker? Like Walker's coming back. They got Ahmed coming back. Rojas is playing better. They got Varsho. Yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed there. It's um it's a it's a revolving door there. Like you don't know like where where things are going to just um settle there because you got all these injuries popping up. You got all these um, players that are coming up and it's just been a revolving door. It's hard to know. Um, he's getting the full-time playing time now, but will that continue once Christian Walker comes back? He's been playing in the outfield, hasn't he, though? He's been playing center field, yeah, which until Marte comes back. Where did Varsho play? Varsho hasn't started a game, I don't think. I think he's just pinch ran or pinch hit. Where did he, he had a whole bunch of at-bats today. Where did he start? I thought he started today. Can, okay. we, check, can we check that? He, they, they right, get four. right field, maybe? Could, possibly. I think it was right field. So he didn't start oh. yesterday. He got two, I know he had two two uh, two at bats yesterday. Yeah, that game got out of hand though. I think they threw him in late. Okay. Yeah. Let's see here. Box score. Also, did you see Trevor Story got injured? Yeah, right. You're right. Right field. Yeah, he took a pitch off the finger, and the X-rays came back negative. So. But I also heard that they're not ruling out a DL um, or IL stint for him. Oh, I didn't see that. And MLB Trade Rumors has an article that said that um, they wouldn't rule out. I don't know if this is speculation on whoever's writing it, but they said they wouldn't rule out a DL or IL stint. Okay. Let's look at let's look at the box score that got out of hand yesterday. Um, yeah, he um, was a pinch hitter, and then he went into play center field. So, who knows? Yeah, I think yeah. I think Varsha I think Varsha is definitely a worthy pickup for like for what I, I think. Obviously, I thought he was a good pickup because I picked him up for like ten about ten dollars. I wouldn't be spending a ton on him, but um, I think I got him for like between I don't know between anywhere between five and twenty bucks, which was fine. Oh so man, even if he steals, I think it's definitely like, worth definitely worth speculating to see what happens. If he steals a couple of bases like in a week, it's worth it, just because you can stick him at catcher. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then the last fun news thing that I just wanted to bring up is uh, Tyler Glass now and Shohei Otani are pitching against each other tomorrow night. That would be and, exciting. And I'm really pumped to watch that. Shohei Otani has a two-start week. Can you believe that? And a six-man rotation. Two-start week, six-man rotation, and he's going to get like 30 at-bats and hit five bombs. That's That's best ball extraordinaire. Would you get him in both spots? No. You wouldn't. Uh, you not, not, not in the NFBC. I, is that almost worse that he has a two-start week? Um, 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know because it, it, okay. So it's two start week. If he pitches well, you're probably he's probably going to slot into that hit that pitcher spot, and you're going to waste all those hitting stats. Yeah. I don't even know how that would work actually, because how do they how do they how do they weigh it? Um, I guess it would just be it was just total points. So it's kind it's kind of weird because if you think about it, like he's okay, best balling against himself. He's best he's best balling yeah he's best balling against himself as a pitcher and a hitter. So let's say he scores like. I don't even I don't know the scoring settings, but you'll know you'll know what I mean. Let's say he scores thirty points as a pitcher and twenty nine points as a hitter. Does he go in as a pitcher, even though his thirty points as a pitcher might not be as good? It would probably it would probably depend on the rest of your team. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't take into account replacement value. I don't think so. That's that, that's kind of weird. Yeah, that is weird. I don't know. I don't know enough about how that how it works and how the I don't know enough about the mechanics of it. Probably broke the algorithm. So I got a, I got a, I got a presentation for you here. This is, this is my news and notes. I have a piece of, mem- I don't have much memorabilia. I'm not a memorabilia. I'm not a memorabilia guy, really. Like I'll, I don't, I'll, I'll collect stuff that just like will come about. I'm not going to buy anything like um, Blue Jay related, but I do have this. I don't know if you can see. I, a piece of my memorabilia got canceled recently. This is. Um, oh no. This is, got, me. this is me with Roberto Alomar. And this is a poster of him signed it, a Hall of Fame signed a poster with me. There's a picture of me and him. And he signed yeah. it. And unfortunately, this is now canceled. Yeah, because he uh he sexually assaulted somebody or something, right? Well, yeah, there was um there was a claim back in 2014, I believe, that he did something. I don't know what the details were. And um, MLB and the Toronto Blue Jays did an investigation and they concluded that he was a bad boy. And, um, <laughs> and um, they cut ties with him. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what they concluded. I'm just saying he's a bad boy because he, they did something bad, obviously. I don't know exactly what he did. It was something to do with the sexual assault um, of some sort or harassment. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but so now he's no longer, he was employed by the Jays. And he had his own like Roberto Alomar club and, or foundation. And he was also employed by the MLB in some sort of way. And he is gone. So now, now that piece of memorabilia, this is, this is one of the best pieces of memorabilia I have. I have a signed plaque from a hall of famer with a picture of me and him there. And it's fucking canceled now. Maybe it increases the value. How would that increase the value? I don't know. I'm trying to look at the glass half full. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's, it's pretty, it exists. That's pretty cool though, man. That it's still pretty ex- cool. It still exists. Like he's, he's still, he's still on the hall of fame. They didn't, they didn't take that away from him. So that hall of fame, if they, if they cut him from the hall of fame, then yeah, that, that might be a problem for that. Um, it's, it's probably better that they did this now though, than instead of having the Mets thing with or the, was it the Mets who was the who was the pitching coach who was then the manager who's Mickey, been like, Mickey Callaway yeah and he's just been like traveling around the United States <laughs> like just being a creep yeah everyone he meets s- sending nudes and stuff just Brett firing people yeah well you don't know Alomar like I've met I've met him before and um I don't know. He, he seemed normal. He seemed like a nice guy, but you never know. I don't know. Uh, all right. So is that it for the news and notes? That's it for the news and notes. 
All right. Do you want to get into the part of this episode where we talk about it's not too early to overreact? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this is, this is a segment that I'm, that I, that I thought of that um, is um, inspired by people saying, yo, it's only three weeks, like chill, bro. Like let the season play out. It's a long season. You can't make these conclusions about, you can't take victory laps. That's what it was. Um, three weeks into the season, we talked about these like a week ago. So now it's a little bit later. Maybe, maybe now you can take a victory lap on these, some of these things, but, um, but, but apparently you couldn't take a victory lap um, three weeks into the season on anything. And I think that's wrong. I think you can take victory laps if you want to. Don't cancel Zach's VLs. Don't what? Cancel your VLs. No, don't cancel my VLs. My VLs don't, they, they won't get canceled. So let's, let's talk, let's talk about some of these. Um, um, let's talk about some of these um, early reactions that I think aren't overreactions. Um, things that, um, these are things that have changed um, or perceptions that may have been changed um, since the beginning of draft season. So players that um, were going at a certain spot in these drafts, um, I'm saying that, like you can you can take you can take your you can take your victory lap now because I think it's it's locked in and um, you can or you can take your L right now. Um, let's start with um, Corbin Burns, top five starting pitcher. I know he's got COVID right now or something or he's his, his, whatever his wife has COVID or who knows right, um, but he is a top five starting pitcher and if you drafted him at all, you can take a victory lap because he is at least a second round pitcher and he will be drafted in the second round next year. Yeah. We're higher. Yeah. Probably. I, I think you can probably say that about Burns and Glasnow. Yeah. I think Glasnow uh, as well. Yeah. I think they're both guys that you'd see go off in the second round. I think like, I think Corbin Burns is at least the, the SP five. Um, at a minimum, I think you have your top three guys who I believe are still your top three guys, um, given their track record and given what they've done this year and given their skill set, uh, you know who they are. And I think still, I'd, I'd still have Trevor Bauer as my number four. Yeah, you can't really argue with that. And I think Corbin Burns would be five, but it would cl- it'd be close. Um, sort of related to that, I think that um, you can already take your L on Luis Castillo. Yeah, what's going on with him? I think he's hurt. I think he's hurt too. I think he or he will be hurt. And I think you can take your Ellen Lucas Giolito as well. That might be that might, that might be a hotter take because I, I do have I do I do have shares of both of them. And um, where where Giolito was going was fine. Um, I think it, I think it's clear that um, people 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 will tell people will probably say that it's too early to take an L on Lucas Giolito. But I think it's clear that if you drafted Lucas Giolito before um, um, Aaron Nola or um, Trevor Bauer, and um, that's an L. And I think in hindsight, you can take an L on Glasnow and Burns because I think those two guys are obviously um, better pitchers rest of the season in my mind than Lucas Giolito. Remember, Giolito had the central. He beat up on the central. Here's a question for you. I guess guess Burns did too. Giolito or Brandon Woodruff? Woodruff. Wow. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't that far off. They were in the same tier before they, they were, they were in the same tier before at the start of the season, in my, my, my opinion, uh, Woodruff at the end of that tier and Gilito near the, near the top of that tier. 
Giolito or Kershaw? Ah, that's tough. Um, I have Woodruff and Kershaw at like they're basically side by side in my mind. Kershaw's, so been, ask. Kershaw's been really good. I never have any shares of Kershaw. Um, Kershaw's been really good. Um, and this is really, this is really tough. And I think sometimes you just have to go against your biases. And I think I'll go Kershaw. Hmm. What about you? I think I'd still go Giolito. That's real tough for me. Um, yeah, I just Giolito. He just hasn't been. He hasn't been elite this year, and it's been six starts, and he's. He started off poorly last year too. Um, he doesn't have the track record. And if Kershaw is going to be healthy, I think the health is the only thing you're worried about with Kershaw. I think if the weather warms up though, and that offense gets going and things start to get a little bit normal, Giolito will pitch like a 26 year old versus Kershaw who's aging and probably going to get managed a little bit. Yeah, I guess he is going to be, you know what? Like, Beginning of the season was clear Giolito over Kershaw for me. Now, why was that? It was a lot to do. The, it was a lot to do with the health and ma- and the image management that Kershaw would um, have. So nothing's changed with that respect. So really, I should say Giolito, uh, unless I really, really think his skills have declined, which I don't really think his stuff has declined. I think just, um, I think just the law of averages have just caught up with him. I think that he's facing different opponents. I think that it's going to be a longer season. Um, Tony LaRusso is a minefield too. I don't, yeah. Like he, like LaRusso left him in, left him in too long. That's, I don't know. Like he struck out eight today. Yeah. He, he, he looked okay. He looked good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll stick to my guns. I'll say Kershaw still. I'll stick to that, but um, I don't like it. Nice. No. Nice. It's it's fun. No, it's fun to it's fun to like actually have tough decisions, right? Yeah. If if it was just easy, the game would be easy. Well, the thing with Kershaw too is that like at the beginning of the season, you thought he was going to be managed, but now they're they're really like um their their depth is really their depth is what you thought they had, and their depth have just has just disappeared. Jimmy Nelson, baby. Yeah, Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson is not pushing uh, Clayton Kershaw down any rankings. He's he, he's taken two uh, percent of his innings. All right, um, what's your, you, what's your um, next you want me to just keep going here? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well, you actually had a couple about our Jays. You had something about Vlad, and you had something about Grichuk. Do you want to talk about them? Uh, what did I say about Vlad? When we were you, talking you said about Vlad's like legit. Like, oh, like, I just yeah, Vlad is legit. I don't Vlad. think many people would fight me on that. Like no. Vlad, Vlad is mashing. Vlad is 22. He's the consensus number one prospect that he was. And he's got some big boy maturity and big boy strength and big boy at bats. And well, you saw how Schumann talked about him. He said, yeah, something's definitely different uh, with, yeah. with Vladdy this year. And he's shown it. He just looks incredible. He's like, he's at least a second rounder next year, at least as of right now. We'll, like, we'll see how we'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but he's looking phenomenal. But the funny, go ahead. Uh, the funny thing is, like when Shulman said, um, "What was it?" He was like, "His best year might be like twenty-five home runs and like hitting three hundred with like fifty doubles or something," yeah. which is still like incredible. It's like, man, now that you're actually watching the guy, like the guy could hit like ninety 
doubles and home runs <laughs> in a year. <laughs> like he, he might like 45 home runs, 45 doubles for sure. Yeah, like Jesus. Well, he is yeah. a, I'm glad he, you got, I'm glad we have him on the Jays. It's a lot of fun. And and I I passed on him for the most part this year. I think I've one share mm-hmm. of him. Um, but I would I'd do it again. Like like when it came when it came time to the main event, like third fourth round. Who was I getting there? I was getting Corbin Burns. I was I, like in the main events. My third and fourth round picks were Corbin Burns, Raphael Devers, and Randy Rosarino. So like Devers has been really good too. Um, and Rosarino is going to steal you bases. He should be. I think he should be good. Um, like to take that amount of risk, knowing that you can get Jared Walsh way later on, which um, but. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, it's not like you were passing him in the eighth round. You get like, when it came into March, you're, you had to spend a third or fourth round pick on him. So like, that's not an L for not drafting Vladimir Guerrero. It's a W yeah. it's a, it's a W if you did draft him, but it's not an L if you didn't. I um, took him in my one NFBC FOMO. Uh, yeah. That I did the night before the season. And I, I think that team like peaked at like 50 in the overall, but it's since like fallen back to like 180 <laughs> or something, but that was fun for a day. Right. Speaking of Walsh, I'll put him in, you can take a victory lap in Jared Walsh. I'll take, I'll take one there. Yeah, you can take the deal there. I backed, I'm mad I backed off on him a little bit um, in the, um, in the later, in the later in draft season. Like I dropped, I still have him in a couple of leagues, but I backed, I, I, I cooled off just because he was not doing too well in spring training. He looked, he looked kind of shaky in spring. I wasn't worried about his at bats. And this is a thing that uh, I've talked to a few people about is the spring training batting order shit. Like that's a lesson learned, like throw that out the window. Like I, 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 I texted Kerlin about this because he's a friend of mine. I know that's his thing. Like I, I, I said this exact same thing to his face over text. I said like these, these spring training batting order, like that's something I'm not going to look at again because, or not that I really did too much to begin with, but like you have like, Walsh, who people you were concerned about where he was batting in spring and how he was doing and a lot of the batting order shenanigans there. Guess what? He's a fucking stud. He's like a top five first baseman. Or maybe I'm exaggerating top seven, whatever. He's like a top, easily a top 75 pick, um, I think. Um, um, and then you got like Robles. I know he let off today, I think, but like he's crap and he's been he's not been leading off. Um, so forget about that. You got I mean you got Jesse Winker who's like, Oh, well, he wasn't going to play full time. You got, now you got Carlson batting second. You got Freddie Freeman batting second. You got all this stuff that's going on. Like, I don't know what Dylan Moore was doing, but he's now down in the order. Um, there's, there's countless examples of this. Just like my, my thing for next year, my thing is draft good players. Yeah, that's, that's the real trick. Hey, uh, it's 162, 162 game season. The cream's going to rise to the top. The shit's going to rise. Shit's going to sink to the bottom pretty quickly as we've seen. So um, yeah, you got to look at spring training performances, um, but I wouldn't really go like someone like Walsh, who I'm kind of pissed at myself for not drafting in the main events. Um, A guy like that, like I was ignoring the batting order thing. Like maybe he wasn't playing a lot during spring. Um, And that's, and that, that's something that that's, that's not, that's not something that factored into my decision, but he wasn't really hitting well in spring training. And he, he like watching a couple of those games, he just wasn't good. Um, I I think it's more important to look at the pitching in spring training, that the velocity change and like the new pitches. That's important. But I think if you see a hitter like how good Jared Walsh was last year, um, and just like looking at his at bats and looking at how hard he hits the ball and how he can hit the ball out like under twenty degree launch angle, four hundred and twenty feet, like 
not many people can do that. He's just like a stud hitter. So I think just um, remembering that and going with your gut um, and forgetting about spring training performances in that way is a lesson learned and definitely the lineup thing. And just him, people, people, people got off of him because he wasn't in the lineup consistently in spring training, but Matt has said he's going to play a lot. So I think a lesson learned is just to not, I think the spring training lineups are just overrated in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you certainly, this isn't the first time that this has been brought up, right? Like usually most seasons we lament the spring training performances don't actually mean anything. Yeah. Um, what else is I out here? Oh, another one, another, um, it's not too early to um, say that we were wrong on this is six man rotations. They're not really a thing. Yeah. There aren't many. They're, like there's a couple, there's a couple like, like um, Oviedo, Oviedo, I think on the Cardinals, and then you got Davey Garcia. They, they slotted in there like randomly like this week when there was a lot of games in a row. But in general, like like Houston, like the Houston Astros are doing everything in their power not to use a sixth guy. Um, there's certain certain teams that are just like skipping um, skipping their field. Like the Rockies skipped Chichi Gonzalez a, couple, a bunch of times to just to because they had off days and they they were. They went to a four-man rotation. The Royals started with a four-man rotation. So there's like you got the you got the Angels and you got the Mariners that are using six-man rotations. I don't know who else. Um, um, even the Pirates are not using a six-man rotation. Like they might as they, they if they wanted to, they could. Like they they if they don't want to burn out their their amazing pitchers, um, they could have used a six-man rotation. They got um, I think Michael Yajur and they got a couple other guys they could use that are like my point with the Pirates is bringing in a sixth guy in that rotation or even a seventh is not going to lose you anything because your pitching is so shit anyways. So you might as well just like, it's all interchangeable. Like what, Oh, you're going to, you're going to like not let Mitch Keller start 35 games. Like, Oh darn. Right. Like, because you're, because you're trying out someone else. Like how could it get worse? JT Brubaker and Tyler Anderson, man. Okay. What about JT Brubaker? Do you want to talk about him for a second? Uh, we can segue that. Yeah. Uh, he's got a, so I, I just filtered in K minus BB and I was just looking at guys who like the top 20 or 25 guys in the league right now. And Brubaker pops in at like 18 or 19. Like, is that interesting? I yeah. think it's interesting. I think so too. Like, like I, uh, from what I recall this K, K minus walk percentage is excellent. It's like, it's like 21%. Yeah. It's 26.5 K percentage and 4.4 walk percentage with a 13.6 swing strike. I don't know what his CSW is, but. Too bad, he's on, too bad he's on the Pirates because yeah, he looks he looks great and he's probably double that. Yeah, he looks he looks really good. Yeah, what's his record? I don't know. I don't know. And then I I heard Eno Saris um, has been singing the praises of uh, Tyler Anderson a lot. How's he been doing? I haven't. I admittedly I haven't kept tabs on Tyler Anderson. I don't own him anywhere, so. Um, yeah, I don't know how he, I don't know. I don't know exactly how he's doing. He's got a huge swinging strike rate, like probably like 14% or 15%, something like that. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Tyler Anderson, Pull it up. Uh, 41% ground ball rate, 8.7 K9, K per nine, 338 year. I'm on his page now too. Yeah. About a strikeout per nine, like nine strikeouts to nine, approximately. Like we just said it, it was eight point something. 
Let's get the plate disciplined down here. I'm gonna pull it up here on his Fangraphs page. Yeah, it's Sterling Radio. Barrel percentage. Yeah, Where the hell is it? Did they change? Did they change this shit around on me? Yeah, the link's not working. Oh, um, CSW is twenty nine percent or thirty percent. Oh, so there it is, fourteen percent swinging strike rate. I'm used to seeing it on the far. I'm used to seeing it on the far right, but they've added in. I've added. They've added called strike and called strike percentage and and CSW percentage as well. Yeah. So he's got a fourteen percent swinging strike rate. Yeah, this was what I noticed about him too. Like, let's see his zone contact has dropped ten percent from his career. I don't know. There might be something there. Jay should trade for him. <laughs> I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's not available in many leagues because guys like this just get scooped up the moment they have starts. But yeah, I'm looking at his uh, schedule so far. Like he started off against the Cubs two times, and the Cubs were terrible to start the season. Like they just were, they, they were, they were just getting off to a terrible start. So he got both of them. Then he had the Padres, um, who where he struck out two batters over five point one innings, but he only allowed one run. And then he had the Tigers and the Royals. So the schedule's been kind of cake. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. But I still like him. Like that, that that's just um, I'm just throwing some cold water on him where I just did sort of play devil's advocate. But he looks good. Like I, I like him. I'd like I'd pick him up in in most leagues. I don't think he's available in any in any like NFBC 15 team leagues. Using that uh, cake schedule to start the season to segue over to another player who I wanted to bring up. Okay. And I know this is getting away from your victory laps of victory laps, but this was in the outline anyway. Um, Freddie Peralta faced the Cubs a couple times and struck out like 30 guys in two starts. <laughs> yes, he did. And he also popped up on the K minus walk thing. And I benched him this week in a few leagues because he had the Dodgers and mm. he came out and pitched extremely well. Was it you that asked me about that? And I told you never, like, did I, somebody, somebody said, should I bench Freddie Peralta because the Dodgers? And I said, Freddie Peralta is bulletproof. That might have been me. I don't know. It might have been you. I forget. I I uh, he's a, he's I a got, must. He's a must start for me. I got cold. I got cold feet like an hour before the start. Took who'd you Who'd you start instead? Uh, I think Chad Green or something or a reliever. Okay. So yeah. he he had Minnesota, the Cubs. He's got the Cubs three times and the Pirates. So he's had a cake schedule too. Um, but he's had but he's but um, the Twins. Oh, he faced the Twins for the two-inning start, or the two-inning relief appearance to start the season. Yeah, that was opening day, wasn't it? Yep. So I know the rule of thumb, because like he on um, strikeout percentage is insane. It's 40%. He's got 40% strikeout percentage. But right. his, his swinging strike rate's only 14.7. So I know the rule of thumb is to double your swinging strike to get your true strikeout rate. Right. Um. So maybe there's some regression coming there. He's also got an 89% left on base. Okay. So yeah, there could be some regression coming there. He, he does, he has 14 walks in in 28 innings. So yeah, yeah, there, yeah there's, there's likely some regression coming, but I, I still think he's a must start um, until proven otherwise. He's looks phenomenal. Yeah, he does. Just for the strikeout volume, I will yeah, take, take my lumps if he blows up. 
Yeah, like look, Corbin Burns blew up last time, kind of right for five earned runs. Still gonna get you strikeouts. He still hasn't walked a play. He still still hasn't walked a batter. Yeah, you got bat empty. Eh? Yeah. And so, then yeah. Oh, just similar to Freddie Peralta, just um, similar pitchers. Huskar, Huskar, Inoa. Here, Huskar, Inoa. Okay. Yeah. Inoa. I think we both said it wrong, but. Well, he's striking out a lot. Of, he's striking out a lot of players. He's he's one of those pop up guys. I think that um, you had to be early to add him, but um, he, he had that two start week that um, that uh, he had one good start, one bad. Um, I like him. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be a valuable player in in mixed leagues. I think he's a hold. Hey, I was reading about how they like screwed with his arm slot to optimize the. Uh... The movement of his pitches in the off season, and something seems to click. But yeah, th- those were the guys I wanted to bring up. Well, those are those are all. I like all those guys. I think uh, all the guys you brought up, like I like. I'd I'd, I'd want to add it, but it's um too late to add them all. Yeah, they're long gone. They're all long, they're long gone. gone. But I think they're. I think they all. I think they all have staying power to a good degree. Like even Brubaker, you know what? Um, I think they're all going to be valuable in mixed leagues. I think. I think all those guys are going to have your your the tough starts. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna trip once or twice um, and have some blow up starts. But I think overall, and I think they have the talent. Um, this this the K walk the K minus walk for all those guys are good. They're, they're strikeout pitchers uh, for the most part. Brubaker maybe not as much as the others, but I like them all. I think they're all they're all guys that if I'd added, I'm happy about. Nice. Yeah. So what do you think? Of, yeah. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Oh, what do you think of Danny Duffy? Danny Duffy, I got him in one or two leagues. I picked. I I think he's, I think he's a right him while he's hot guy. Um, I could. I, I don't know. My gut just says the wheels are going to fall off at some point, but I think ride him while he's hot. Um, and he could stay hot for a while. Yeah, I checked. <laughs> like I was just, he popped up on this board too, and like just, I was like, okay, this is like here's the one that I don't believe in. Yeah. Ninety five percent left on base, six point one percent home run to fly ball. Whereas his career is like 11 or like yeah. 10.5 or something. But I don't know, Velo's up. Coffee. A, yeah, matchup guy. Um, he's going to have a lot of good matchups in that division. Um, I think he's about, he's, a, he's, he's worthwhile the roster right now. But um, once you see him starting getting, start to get beat up and getting some of these tougher teams, then he might be a little bit harder to hold on to. But um, I think I have him in one like non NFBC league where I wrote him last time. And I was happy I did. I think he was a Cleveland star, perhaps. Um, uh, yeah, I think he, had, like, he spun like seven pretty solid innings, and he's and he's getting he's getting strikeouts too. Yeah. So yeah, he's a he's a he's a hold him for now. He's a hold him and start him and start him most start him most games and and definitely a rosterable player in even twelve team leagues right now. Um, okay, so let's look at some more of these um, not um, early, not too early victory laps. Um, let's look at these. Look at something else here. Even though he had a good start uh, recently, um, and I'll group him with another pitcher, Patrick Corbin, and I'll group him with Chris Paddock. It's not early, no, too early to say that those two picks. If you pick those guys, like in around pick one hundred, or probably Corbin, maybe pick one fifty, whatever. Whenever you pick them, those are bad picks. Yeah, Corbin looked bad, and now he looks slightly better, but still concerning. Yeah. I think so, I'd be more comfortable starting those four guys that we just talked about over Patrick Corbin. 
easily. Yeah. Not even question. I, I'd start them up with both of those guys. Um, Joe Musgrove. I think if you if you were skeptical, and this is this is a this is a walk of shame for me. I don't have any Joe Musgrove, but um, I I wasn't avoiding him like crazy. I was just taking other pitchers around him. I think if you, but I think if you're avoiding Joe Musgrove, it's a giant L. Like if you're saying that if you're if you, if you're saying that Joe Musgrove is not a good pitcher and he's been over your people are overdrafting him, that's a loss. Man, every time I think of Joe Musgrove and I own him in a few places, I just think of that uh, like Krusty the Clown, uh, Cubby Noel yeah. video that he did where he's like, hey, kids, <laughs> yeah. Joe Musgrove's P-Val on his slider is insane. I don't know. It, it cracks me up. Like, <laughs> that, was a, that's like that guy That guy makes some good videos, but um, like they're, 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 they're very entertaining, but um, they're terrible for him. <laughs> and then then like after you did that like the very next day like musgrove threw the no header like, oh man no it wasn't the next day it was the day after mike the mouth posted like reposted that video oh it, it, i see yeah or, or something i don't know i don't remember but yeah whatever well there's there's there also a point in time where um this other guy uh the guilds uh nfbc player that people are uh, go back and forth with on twitter but i don't know if you know him but he he was going off on Musgrove at the beginning of the year, right when he got traded, um, saying like people are so stupid for drafting him this early. Like, and this is before he was going around pick 100, and he's saying yeah. like, like this is a terrible pick. Like, Musgrove's good. I think I, I think Musgrove's in like a fourth round pick next year. Man, as long as yeah, he doesn't get hurt, that's pretty aggressive. He he looked hittable today. He still struck yeah. out like six or seven people. You're but... not going to be perfect every day. You're not like even the no. best pit, even the best pitcher in the in baseball, Corbin Burns. Um, I thought you... <laughs> had five earned runs in one in one outing. But no, I think like think about it. Think about it, this is the way I think about it. Like Patrick Corbin coming off this 2019 was a fourth, third or fourth round pick. Sure. Joe Mastroff coming off this year, if he continues what he's doing, which I think he will, will be a fourth round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. When you when you just said the best pitcher in baseball, I thought you were going to make a statement and say Tyler Molly. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, well, you know Tyler Molly, uh, he got rocked today, though. He did get rocked today. It's the first time he did get rocked. Um, I think Tyler Molly is a good pitcher. I mean, he wasn't on my list of things to talk about here, but I think it's I think I'm pretty happy with having a lot of shares of. Yeah, Chris Bryant was his daddy today. That's for sure. Chris Bryant has nine home runs. That's crazy. I don't, I didn't have enough of him. Yeah. I've got him in a few spots, but not like I wasn't aggressive on it. I should have been aggressive. on I should have, yeah, but who knew? Like he, like he looked like he could, he could be a bust. Right. And right in, in, in the, in the range where you had to take him. Like, man, like, I don't know. That's um, like, it turns out like the Bryant pick turned out to be a really good pick. Um, the, the very first draft I did all draft season in October, I got um, Vladdy Guerrero in the sixth round. And this is with all legit NFBC good players. Like he had good players in this draft. He had, he had this draft. I think we did, we did two of them. And I think he had, you had guys like Justin Mason, James Anderson, you had John fish. Um, um, I think you had John L was in that too. John, John L was in it. A um, whole bunch of like all good players. I think Steve, maybe Steve Weimer and um, maybe Dave Chauvin. I forget which one, but um, a lot of those good players were in it. Man, I got, not, and my team's not good. Like I'm, I'm not bragging, because I'm not saying like my team's good, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I got, I'm saying that I should have stuck to my guns um, on these play, Vladdy in the sixth round. I, I get granted, you, like his draft part pressure is moving up. 
I got Randy Rosarina in the ninth round, and I got Chris oh, Bryant um, in that same draft somewhere after that. Um, so those three guys were enormous values, but then I also drafted like Wander Franco way too early, Joe Adele way too early. Um, oh, geez. Yeah, things things went off the rails in that early draft, but um, I wish I had more. The, the moral of the story is I wish I had more Chris Bryant. I don't know. I don't know how I would have done that, but um, I guess getting a lot of Alec Baum really threw a wrench into the Bryant plans. I think Alec Baum, um, just to go off on a tangent, is a guy that you could see not to the same upside, but take the Vladimir Guerrero path to um, uh, improvement, I, I call it. He doesn't pull anything like, like his power is pure, like opposite field. If he started to pull and he never has, like even in the minor leagues, he was always an opposite field power guy. If he started to pull the ball and I think he did pull one home run this year, I think he, it could tap into so much more power for him and he could become like, I think he's all already a very, very good um, batting average hitter. Um, he's, even a, though he's enormous. He's big. He's a big boy. Yeah. So, I, I don't think he's hitting for a good batting average so far, but I think he will this year. I think he, I think he'll be like a, a two eighty hitter throughout his career. Um, if he could pull the ball more, I think he could be a 30 home run guy, but until then he's probably like a 20, 23 home run guy, but um, hoping on the average, I think, he, I think he should hit for a good average. I think um, I'm expecting, I'm expecting improvements this year. Yeah. Hopefully there's some decent counting stats too. Yeah. Um, what else we got here? What else do I have to say about um, Nick Solak? He's a fifth round pick next year, minimum. What's that like? Top seventy five? Yeah. Yeah, he's easily that. Yeah. So I think I think it's not, like for someone to say that oh it's too early to say that like to say that the value has changed. He was going like around what pick 160, 170, sometimes later. I think to be people that say, oh, it's too early to say that Nick Solak's a top 50 player. We're going to say top 75. No, not too, not too early. I'm going to say too early, too late. It's not too early to say that he is. He's that. Would you take Nick Solak or Mitch Hanager? Solak, I, Solak because of the speed and because yeah. of the health, I guess, um, slightly. But yeah, Hanager, Hanager, looks good. Hanager looks really good as well. I figured he'd like just when he, they're probably both top 100 players. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think Solak's top to, close to a top 50 player. I know he, like, I know that his player rater for sure is right now, but I, I'm saying like what you'd expect for him rest of the season. I think he's top, he's close to a top 50 player. Um, man, the Rangers are running too. Like Nate Lowe still is third base this year, uh, this dead today. Like they're a team that's going to run. I love Nate Lowe, man. <laughs> like three stolen bases you, you'd, you'd be happy getting three stolen bases the whole year wouldn't you he's basically eric hosmer only better i agree yeah all right here's a question for you um rest of season which if somebody offered you sick nick solak for your craig biggio would you take it craig biggio cabin 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 <laughs> calvin calvin craig sorry cabin cabin biggio yeah but like i'm a i'm a biggio hater I always have been. That's, right. that's a really easy yes for me. All right. So I guess it'd also be an easy yes to to trade away Dylan Moore for um, Nick Solak. So, yeah. Easy. Yeah. It seems it, like in hindsight, it seems so obvious, didn't it? Solak over Solak over Moore. 
I don't know. More, more's flashing right now. Yeah, he's doing well. I bench one time. I bench him in every league I can. He goes off. Yeah, I took him out on Friday lineup change there. So, he's had a crazy weekend. I know. So did I. I took him out for Josh Rojas where I could. Um, I didn't take him out everywhere. I don't think I could take him out everywhere, but um, yeah. Um, what else do I have here? I think I'm going to take an L on everyone age 37. Joey Votto, Justin Turner, Guriel, and I don't know if there's anyone else. Well, Miguel Cabrera, I don't really have to take an L on him, but I was off on all those guys and they are killing it. Like, it, uh, like as a whole. Something I think about often, and I don't know why, maybe this just says more about me than anything, is the bet that you and Rob made. Yeah, that's not looking good for me right now. Yeah, I watch a lot of Dodgers games, and I think every time Turner comes up, I'm like... So do I. <laughs> and and I, I'm like, I'm like, man, Kalanick's going to have to be really good for yeah, that, that and he's to make out. <laughs> Kalanick, you probably needed to get called up like last week for him to really have a like a a good chance of beating that but but a lot of that bet and i i I, my message rob about this recently i told him like yeah like this is not looking good for me but a lot of this hinges on his health and the game games he's gonna play those wheels speed yeah those wheels could fall off at any point but the the thing is like i expected turner to hit for a good batting average like a good batting average but i just didn't like if you look at the historical track record of 37 year olds like the power and speed just isn't there and the power is actually better than it has been in past years so far. So, yeah, that bet's not looking good for me. But um, you never know what's going to happen. Kalanick should be – I think Kalanick's going to be really good. And um, Turner's health could not be. But, yeah, that bet's – if I could make that if – I, if I could take that bet off the table right now, I would. It's too early to take victory laps, except for when I'm right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm taking I'm taking some else here. I'll take that. And but maybe um, not a lot of people know the the second part of the bet me and Rob made. We 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 have a we have a group chat. We made we made, we finalized that bet. I don't think it was for anything. It was just a sort of a maybe 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 it was for something. We'll have to check. Maybe it was for a buy-in next year. But um, we made two bets. One was Kalanick versus Turner, and the other bet was Freddie Peralta versus Jorge Polanco. Woof. Yeah, that so, doesn't look great for Polanco. So I, I think we might be, we might be, we might be um, uh, splitting the pot there. Nice. Pretty sure. I'm pretty. I have, to, I have to double check. I'm pretty sure that was the bet. I know. I know. I had uh, Freddie Peralta, and he had. I think it was Polanco. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Yeah, I, I can't get over how off I was on uh, JD Martinez. Yeah, yeah, I take I take the L on that one too. But I, I again, I was not getting utility players. Like Nelson Cruz, another old guy that's been good. Like you, you paid for him. You paid you paid for all that risk baked in and stuff like that. Like you paid up. Um, JD Martinez, like he, like think you could get outfield eligibility. Maybe like he's been really good. He'll get it eventually. I think he's probably got a couple outfield starts already, doesn't he? Yeah. What do you think about Javier Baez? Speaking of another guy with the videotape thing, like his, like he's stealing tons of bases. Like I think he's almost caught up to Ramon Liriano now. But like his like batted ball skills are fucking terrible. Like yeah, I, he's like a bad hitter. I saw a metric today. It was at the start of the Mets Phillies game tonight, 
and it had a list of hitters who saw the least amount of strikes. And it was like, it was, you know, excellent patient power hitters for the most part. It was like Bryce Harper, Christian Yellick. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. This on year? Because Christian Yellick's barely played. No, this is like going back to like 2018 or something. And um, yeah, Javier Baez was on there. And I was thinking I was like, you know, A-Rod and Matt V or whatever his name is, like glossed over Baez. And I was like, wait, why is Baez on here? And I'm like, oh, it's because nobody has to fucking throw him a strike for him to swing. <laughs> like, like he sees no strikes because pitchers don't have to throw him strikes. Like, Yes, so exactly. Like, so him and Hira, man, um, Keston Hira. Those guys yeah. are just um, in another. They're not. They're in another league when it comes to being bad at play, play discipline. Yeah, I have zero bias, and it's for that reason. I got one share of bias. I got one. Funny, ironic. I just thought of this now. I have one share of bias, one share of hero this year. I got them both at pick one hundred because they they had fell there, and I felt like it was just when you play in so many leagues, you might as well diversify yeah. a little bit and see if you can. Like, but I was off of both of those players. Um, Baez has been like actually okay. Like, is if he, if he goes on a little heater and brings that batting average up to like 250, which he could easily do, like he could be like he could turn into a top like 50 player in in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> but yeah, it's not looking like that's going to happen. But he he's worth it right now just because he steals bases. Like yeah, and that's the only thing holding his value up. I think I haven't looked in a bit at what he's doing overall, but he's hitting some home runs. Um, yeah. I think he has at least six home runs, I think. But yeah, that that's st- the stolen bases really um really make up for your shortcomings elsewhere in in fantasy. So one oh, yeah. one more victory lap type thing that we were talking about. It's not too early to it's not too early to say that um, things have changed. Holy shit, the Marlins pitchers, in particular Alcantara and Trevor Rogers. Those guys are legit, man. Like, if, if, right, I think you can already say that Trevor Rogers is a top 30 starting pitcher, um, especially going into next year. And Alcantara, he might be a top, like, he's, I know the, like, he's faded a little bit, but he's top 25, top, top 20, I think. Alcantara's been really good. Yeah. I think those guys are like I'm trying to think of some of the players that were going like in around there. Like, Alcantara, okay, Alcantara or Sonny Gray, rest of the season. That's a tough one, actually. Gray looked really good in his last start. He did. Okay. Well, this is this is this is an easy one, but I'd, I'd both, take Alcantara. I would too, barely. Um, this is I don't even know why I'm saying this because it's easy. Zach, please, Zach, or either one of them. Oh yeah, pass on please, Zach. Easily, man. That's a that's an L for me. I t- I, I was um, I was on please, Zach, hard, but like, yeah, he won today, right? He had what was he like five and a third, no runs, but. It was a gutty. It was gutty. Not a lot of strikers, man. Like Plezak is like. I think he walked a few guys too today. Yeah, he did. Like, like that. That start had some value to it, but man, like, he's going to the fourth round in some drafts. Like, sorry, like I, I, like, like actually, I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but Plezak, like, is it too early? Like, how many starts has it been? Six. Six. Yeah. Is it too early to say that? He's a fucking bust. He's a bust for where you took him. Absolutely he is. 
And I'm, and I will take that out. He, he was a bust. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't take him in any main events. Didn't take him in any, in any big leagues, but I have him in a shitload of little leagues. Like I have him in a lot of DCs and I had him a lot of, and a lot of NFBC fifties. Um, so yeah, I think he's like a guy that should be around pick one fifty. Like that's, that's where he, like in my mind, that's where he slots in. He slots in like, okay, Tyler Molly or please Zach. I take Molly. So would I. Yeah, absolutely. I just, as, a, as an aside, as you segued over to pitchers, I brought Baez's page up. Yep. So yeah, I have, I have him up too right now. I probably brought it, it up too. It is remarkable. 39 strikeouts and 94 at-bats, but seven home runs and six steals. Seven home runs? Okay, seven maybe, home runs maybe, maybe, maybe did he have one today? He must have, yeah. Yeah. I know the Cubs hit like 20 home runs today. He's hitting 236, which is actually super impressive. Um, with the 39%, 39.6% strikeout rate and declining. And his BABIP is not even that, like he's had higher, like he's had, he's had, he's had higher BABIP years than this. Like this is, this would be like, if you take away last year, which he hit 203 and he had a 263 BABIP, he has a 319 BABIP this year, which, is, which would be his worst BABIP of his career, except for like his rookie year. So... And imagine he goes like 30-30 and strikes out like 250 times. That is not even like a pipe dream. That could actually happen. I know. That's what I'm looking at here with like, I don't know, 180 runs in RBIs. Like he's a sick player for fantasy. Yeah, he is. I don't think the runs are going to be there, but what did you say? 180 runs in RBIs? Yeah. I don't think he'll get there. Um I think he might be 165 there, but that's whatever. That's splitting hairs. I think he could be. I don't know, I, I, he's going to be a 2020 guy, maybe. I don't know. What, what, what would you What would you project him in for 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 a full season this year? What do you think he's going to end up at? And we're at 100 at bats. Like if he stays healthy, he's got 400 more. Way more than that. He's got 500 more. Yeah, at least yeah, five. He's, he's got at least five hundred more. Man, you, know, you, got, you, got, you got to multi- if you want to extrapolate this, you got to multiply it by six. So he's like basically multiplied by six conservatively. So he's, so he's not, going he's, 40, 40, 30, 40, 35. That's not happening. But I I put I'd put it at like thirty bombs and twenty five steals. Yeah, that's crazy. That's reasonable. I think he, I think you could de- I think you could definitely get the thirty bombs, uh, twenty five steals like. Are steals up this year? Feels like they are. It feels like they are. Um, I don't know. This this strikeout rate has got to catch up to him. Like, or he's got it, or it's just an anomaly. He was facing. Oh, like, but think about it. He was facing um, a lot of a lot of a lot of those were against Burns and Peralta and Woodruff. Like, they, they faced the Brewers a lot, and they he he. I looked at it. A lot of those um, strikeouts. I think he had like six strikeouts versus like two of those Brewers pitchers. Hmm. I think Eric, Eric Cross. Put a put a post up about bias saying he, when he had like the forty five percent strikeout rate, and I and I did a calculation. I said, well, if he didn't have to face Burns and I think it was Peralta or Woodruff, like two of those guys, it would have been like thirty nine percent. So hmm. I guess like he's at thirty nine point six now, so that would be down to like thirty five percent if you took out just those two pitchers who are just incredible. Right. But you can't. I know. I get it. You can't cherry pick. You can't he's cherry. Probably- pick. 
he's probably like reasonably going to go like 30, 20. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I think that's, that's reasonable as long as he stays healthy and they don't bench him, which they won't because he's so good defensively. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of seeing my own biases here because I would never like, I just use a player that I wouldn't draft. Yeah. I wouldn't draft him either. I had, like I said, I have one share of him, but he's clearly really friggin' useful. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think he's actually going to improve this year, which is kind of scary. So, did I have anything else to talk about here, um, other than those, um, other than those Marlins pitchers? I don't think so. Um, well, so like I got, the, I got everyone I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, one more thing, one more thing. Um, it's not too early. This this is not really fantasy related. It's not too early. To say that the Yankees are going to finish, finish in fourth place. Yankees are going to finish in fifth place. Baltimore's <laughs> good. Yeah? Do you mean that? No, I'm just a Yankee <laughs> hater. So am I, so am I. I don't actually, I don't hate the Yankees. I definitely, I I hate, I, I dislike the Yankees more than I dislike the Red Sox. That's for sure. Comes in waves for me as an yeah. agnostic Blue Jays fan, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I hate them both. <laughs> I don't hate either of them. I don't hate either of them. Just the Yankees. When I was growing up, the Yankees were just better. So I just like, I, I, I disliked the Yankees more because they were more of a, they were more of a, like a threat. Yeah. I probably, yeah, I probably have as a fan, I have more, more disdain for Boston Red Sox than the Yankees. Do you? I think so, yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't know. But David David Ortiz, like, love him as a player, but he would always just, like, stick it to us. There's so, there were so many guys over the years that just, I don't know, it would always get me. All right, one more thing off topic that I'm going to bring up. I'm going to cut you off, got here. Caught stealing. Now, tell me if this concerns you. Adolis Garcia. Three caught stealing versus one stolen base. I mean, if Texas were good, it would concern me. Okay, fair enough. What about um, Andrew Benintendi? Three caught stealing, four stolen bases. Man, that's impressive. That's impressive. I I didn't know that he had ran seven times. I know. Neither did I until I was looking at this uh, leaderboard. Nick, Nick Senzel. Three caught stealing, two stolen bases. That concerns me. I, I don't know why with Benintendi it just doesn't. The Royals seem like like they'll they've stuck they're, him down at the bottom of the order, and they're just going to let him run. Victor Robles, two caught stealing, one stolen base. That concerns me. That doesn't really concern me much more than the entire Victor Robles idea. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I agree that does concern me. But like. Him overall is concerning. Robles needs to steal to be valuable, so that worries me. Yep, I was already I wasn't really worried about him because I didn't own him, so he's not like he's not like one of my kids. Where I have to worry about he's just like he's just sort of like a, a kid I see at the park. I'm like I'm not worried about him. He can go play on this. He can go play on the swings. <laughs> so I'm not really worried about him. Um, but you get what I mean. Juan Soto, he's one for three, one stolen base, two caught stealing. I guess it's this is really early. Juan Soto, I mean, 
Did you draft him for the steals? Maybe for a couple. Some people did because some people all of a sudden put him up at the number one player overall as soon as he said that he's going to steal like 20 bases or whatever. Right. So some people definitely did draft him partially for the stolen bases. But did you actually like expect 20 when you took him? Me? No, I I never. They did? Probably. Not not you. Like the. I think people. I think people. I think people. I think people did. I think if you were drafting Juan Soto first overall, you were probably expecting 15 to 20 stolen bases. Or else, why would you do that? Because everything else is so good. I, I guess. I think I'm sure there are some people that were drafted him highly, like in the top three, that weren't expecting that level of stolen bases. But I think once I think when a lot of people moved him up from like top six to top three, it was because of the stolen bases. I had a huge dilemma picking first overall it was the only draft that I got to pick first and I was between DeGrom, Tatis and Soto and I ended up taking Tatis and then the shoulder thing happened and I don't know we'll see how it plays out but I probably should have just taken DeGrom. Yeah in hindsight yeah because DeGrom looks great Um, but man he just throws so hard like how can he how can his arm keep up with that I don't know like He's, he's a freak. He's a freak. He's definitely a freak. I, I don't know. It's good. It's going to catch up to him. It's got to catch up to him eventually. Like it just, just, just doesn't, he's a freak. He's a freak. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and it's still basically April. So you never know. Like he's, he hasn't thrown this hard. Like there hasn't been, he hasn't thrown this hard for a full season yet. Like look back to 2019. I don't think he was throwing this hard all mm-hmm. of a sudden 2020, like he's averaging like 98 points something. And this year he's just like, going like bananas so i don't know can you keep this up not sure i remember seeing and like this would require much more digging into than us just like shooting the shit here but there was a a study that linked sudden increases in velocity to um impending tommy john i believe it came up with chris sale because like right before he finally like blew his elbow, he was throwing harder than he ever had. I we'd have to look up the study and yeah, hmm. yeah, something I, to think about. Well, you saw. I think you probably saw the thing I posted with all the people that had Tommy John over the last five years that were throwing like, av- like all the starters starters that averaged like over ninety seven and a half on their fastball. No, um, I didn't see that. Okay, so what it, basically I'm I'll try to remember what I said and um and dave loved it he, he retreated he, re, he retweeted it because it was sort of like a, a degrom um um shade so, um, basically what it was is like from 2015 to 2019 any starter all these are the list of starters that threw that averaged 97 and a half on their fastball or higher in any given year and the list was severino tommy john sintnegard tommy john Ivaldi, tommy john Alex Reyes, Tommy John. Um, and then I think there was, oh, Frankie Montas, PEDs. Um, and then you had players last year. You had Sixto Sanchez, Dylan Cease. Um, well, Sixto Sanchez is hurt, but not for not Tommy John. Dylan Cease, Sixto Sanchez. Uh, there's a couple other guys. It was DeGrom um, there. Um, and then maybe one other guy, I forget. But basically what it, what it said, what the, what the data was saying is like, if you're throwing that hard, like does it, like if, you, if you're a starter and you're throwing over 97 and a half, like that is leading to Tommy John a lot of the time. Makes sense. 
It does, but it's You're putting it's, more stress on the ligament. Yeah, it's 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 speculation. It's not like there's nothing science. There's nothing really scientific about it. It's just it's it's kind of just cherry picking like stats a little bit, but it's not something that you should completely ignore. So right. it's something that it's something that does like in my mind downgrade Degrom just a little bit. Like I wasn't saying like um, he's a third rounder. Like Degrom is still a guy that I was taking like probably no later than the third starting pitcher off the board, but. I definitely selected Cole over him numerous times. Yeah, didn't you and Mike the Mouse get into it about that? We probably, yeah, I think so. We did. I think that there was like a, a you know, fifteen minute like. <laughs> but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, yeah, we went. Yeah, we went. We we went at it for a bit on that for sure. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Um, what else were we going to talk about? Um, you had some. You had some two for ones. Yeah, I had a couple of dynasty two for ones. I I actually got a real one offered to me the other day, and. Um, is an OBP league. Um, I got offered, I have Juan Soto. Guy offered me Byron Buxton, obviously trying to sell high on Byron Buxton. Maybe it's not even selling high and Keston Hira. <laughs> so I'm like, obviously decline. Yeah. Like, like it's basically, it's a 12 team league. So base, it's basically Buxton for Soto. Like Hira to me, like has very minimal value. Like, like you, you have to, you have to put in at least a, I, my response was like my response to him was even if there if this wasn't an OVP league where Soto was like a god, then this would be an, like an easy decline as well. Right. Would you trade Juan Soto for Julio Rodriguez and Marco Luciano? No chance. Yeah, I know. Why was that? Was that one of your questions, or was that something you? No, talking? that wasn't one of the questions. Yeah. Popped into my head as you said you got a two for one for one so oh, no not even no no way it's not even in the same atmosphere yeah Wander Franco and Jared Kalanick Wander Franco and Jared Kalanick for Juan Soto yeah now I'm just bullshitting no I still wouldn't it's be- it's better but I wouldn't Juan Soto is just so good yeah he is he is a god. All right, Dynasty two for one. In the spirit of Daniel Lynch getting called up, okay, I wanted to try and put together Daniel Lynch two for ones. So Daniel Lynch for Nico Horner and Cedric Mullins. The Dynasty. Um... Oh, I'm giving up Lynch, or I'm getting Lynch. I guess it doesn't matter. I can just tip you my answer either way. I'd rather have Lynch. You'd rather have Lynch than Horner and Mullins, hey? Yeah, in a dynasty, like I think, I don't, I don't see Horner and Mullins as anything that special. Yeah, I just, I chose players who are playing well right now and were young. Yeah, so no, I like they're not. You might, you might like, bite on it. Like I'm assuming we're like in a 12 team dynasty with like, I don't know how deep we are, but like I probably wouldn't give up like i don't know i wouldn't want to make that trade either way like if i if i had horner and mullins and somebody offered me daniel lynch i'd probably say no but on the same token it's just not a trade i'd make like if i had lynch i wouldn't give him up for for those two players they don't do anything for me but on the same token i wouldn't expect like i'd want to get more like i don't i don't want to make even trades i want to win the trades so um like i think i think their value right now like unbiased their their dynasty value consensus i think daniel lynch is not worth as much as those two players 
like from a pure value point of view. That said, I wouldn't give up Daniel Lynch because of his upside to get those two players that I think are pretty like meh. Yeah. And then, uh, but on the same, but conversely, I don't know if this is making any sense. I wouldn't, I just not, I wouldn't do it either way because I want to win the trade. I think maybe it's like a fair trade. I just wouldn't do it either way. Um, Is a cop out answer. If I had to pick one, like if I had to pick one, I think the two players are worth more than Lynch, but I'd still wouldn't trade Lynch for them. All right. The next one, and I know your answer to this already, Daniel Lynch for Alejandro, Captain Kirk. Yeah. And Colton Welker. Cool. I'd take Lynch. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I was trying to actually, well, yeah, I'll ask this. I got asked this the other day, and I gave my answer pretty quickly, but I thought about it a bit afterwards. Cedric Mullins and Mitch Hanniger for Kyle Tugger. Cedric Mullins and Mitch. Oh, I'm not huge on Tucker. Fuck, I don't know. Like Tucker, I I still take Tucker. Yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, you st- you stick with Tucker. It's, it's, it's like it was like it was a tempting little nugget. Like you, you want to be t- you were tempted by the Hanniger. But no, nah, it's it's Tucker still. Like even though like I think Tucker's a bit overrated. Um, I think Tucker's a good would have been a great sell before the end of, before the beginning of the season. And the last one, just because we've been talking about Corbin Burns a lot, would you trade Corbin Burns for Jazz Chisel and Jesse Winker? No fucking way. Not even close. I know, and I love Winker. I think Winker's great. No. Not even close. Not even close. I'd take Corbin Burns. Wow. It's not even, it's not even, it's an automatic. If somebody offered me that and I had Corbin Burns, it would be an insta decline. I think, I think I'd want Burns too, but I didn't think it would be an instant decline. It is. I think Burns is like a top five starting pitcher. But Jazz, man. Jazz? I don't know. Like, Jazz is good. What is he, like a hobby bias? He's better than that. Better than bias? I don't know. Jazz is walking. He is. Jazz is walking. I have Jazz in that, um, I have Jazz in that, um, Ray Butler Dynasty League 20 team league, and it's an OBP league. Anyone, I doubt anyone from that league listens to this, but um, I might get some offers. I've been getting offers from. I was getting a lot of offers from at the beginning of the season. I declined them all because they were just shit offers to begin with. But now he's worth like, like his value has shot up since the beginning of the season. Yeah, I don't know how you'd trade him right now in a roto league. Like the speed. I heard he's gonna be back pretty soon too. He's in, like he's injured right now, but I heard he's like I think he. I saw something where he was like, oh, like when is when is this 10 days up? I'm ready to come back or something like that. Hmm. Here's a question for you that I was thinking about. Um, are we done the two for ones? Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. There was there were solid two for ones. Um, good thought provoking two for ones, but I got I got a I got a redraft question for you right now. And this is like I got my NFBC like cap like thinking hat on right about this, but this could be for leagues with trades. And um this came about because we were. I was comparing these players at the beginning of the season. I'm like, why draft this player in round two when you can draft this player in round five? Sure. And now, now I'm saying, which one? You, which one would you rather have straight up? Kyle Tucker, or can you guess who I'm going to ask you? I can't. Trent Grisham. Who would you rather have straight up in a, in a redraft? Five by five. 
I mean, that would all depend on cost. No, it's not. It, that's not the question anymore. I know it's not the question anymore. The question is, but like, I mean, the fact that it's come to cost when it used to be a straight up question with cost. Yeah. I think it tells you that Grisham looks like a fucking stud. And I mean, the only thing that's keeping Tucker for me anyway, in the conversation would probably be some cost bias. And also the fact that I'm just not ready to give up on a guy with his pedigree. But I think, I think the, the choice is Grisham right now. I think so too. And I'm, I'm not saying giving up, on, I'm not giving up on Kyle Tucker, but I'm thinking this year, like for me, it's like a slam dunk for me. Um, if I had to, if I had to, if, you, if I was in a draft right now, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a second chance draft that's going to happen on Memorial day in the NFBC. I'll probably join one. Um, if I don't know if it's sold out or not, but um, if, if I had both of those guys sitting at, sitting in round three or whatever it is that you think I'll think I'll need to take them. I don't know if it's round three, round four, I'm taking Trent Grisham. And, and I had a conversation with a lot of smart people um, in a chat and we talked about this. I'm like, and I, I brought up the fact that I'd rather have Trent Grisham in round, round five than Kyle Tucker in round two. And a lot of people disagree with me, but I don't know what they think. I don't know what they'd say about it now. I didn't bring, re, I didn't rehash this, but um, just got me, just you bringing up Kyle Tucker um, made me think about that. I don't know, man. I think Kyle Tucker could still go crazy. He could, he could, but um, I think Trent Grisham just looks so legit. Like, like this, like the steals are there, the the power's there. Like, he's like hitting hitting leadoff for that lineup is extremely nice. And he's not gonna. And like, I think any concerns about hitting him batting like lower in the order, like, like remember when people were saying, oh, he might oh, bat he, not, he might he, bat, he, bat. Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. Like he, he like he, he might bat ninth versus lefties. Uh, no, that's not happening. Yeah, all those platoon things that were overblown for sure. Yep, another spring training lineup thing that you can throw in the garbage. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Hey, me, me and Mike talked about this already on text. He knows he knows my stance on this. All right. He's a big boy. He can he can handle some different opinions. I mean, I don't know. People used it. I used the hell out of that. I don't know if it really, it might've drove a lot of decision-making, but I don't know. I'd have to actually look, look inside of myself and figure that out. It was good because it had everything in one place. I had it open. I, I used it. Uh, it was, it had, I had it open like to, like it had, it was like a one-stop shot for all the lineups. Like it was like a good view, but in terms of using it for drafting decisions, that's not, that's not, I wasn't using it to make my drafting decisions. I was using it as a, as a great reference. Yeah, it put me on to Cedric Mullins, which has been pretty lucrative. But I guess if you really got granular about it, it could have caused you to. Yeah, that's the, that's the one guy that he, we were talking and he's like, well, so he, I, I was talking about him. I always said like, man, Walsh was a miss, but I wasn't, I wasn't blaming the, the, the line, the spring trading lineups for, for like cooling on Walsh. I told him the reason I was cooling on Walsh is because he actually looked like a not good, like like not as good of a hitter in spring training, which I'm saying I should have ignored. That had nothing to do with like him missing the lineups, which is I think a lot of the which was a lot of people's reasons for um, not drafting Walsh was because of him being out of the lineup. That wasn't my reason. My reason was that he was just not hitting as well. 
But I, I, but we talked about that. Mike's like, oh yeah, Mike's like, he admitted, he's like, Walsh was a miss. I was wrong on Walsh because of that. But like Cedric Mullins was a win. I'm like, so yeah, you can, you can get, you can get, there's wins and losses there. Yeah. Just so long as you're right a little bit more than you're wrong. Yeah. It's time to work out. Well, on that note, I think we should call it. I gotta go to bed. All right. Sounds unless good. You've got, unless you've got more. I got no more. You guys no more? We went we went longer. I'm sorry. I know you gotta be up soon. Yeah, that's all good. I was all having right. fun. All right, man. I'll talk to you. Um I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, sounds good, man. Take it all easy. Right. See ya.